0: You're listening to Workplace Manners. Today's episode will be focused on educating employers on what they should know about marijuana, the first in a two-part series. It's a topic that is constantly changing within the legislation and with the drug itself. What do employers need to know about marijuana? Before discussing marijuana tolerance or intolerance, It's important to be aware of how marijuana actually affects the body outside of the simplified label of being high. What are its health and safety effects? We talked with Matthew Pappas and Allison Wright of the Pappas O'Connor Law Firm in Rock Island, Illinois, and Jeffrey Myers of the Area Substance Abuse Council in Cedar Rapids about marijuana's effects on the body. Marijuana is considered a central nervous system depressant. Um, And there's significant studies that prove the different things that it can impact all the way from memory to actual motor function use. There's also a lot of studies that support cognitive impairment. uh, When you're on the job, being able to remember things um, or be able to apply sort of a thought process.
1: Um, If someone uses outside of work, that doesn't mean that they're not psychoactive. That doesn't mean they're not impaired. Um, marijuana stays in the system for a long time it depends on how the person's body weight their genetics uh, and how much they've had but they could very well have used the night before the early morning before and they could still have some impairment effects into the following day similar to uh with alcohol
0: the main active ingredient in marijuana is thc an oil secreted by the cannabis plant when absorbed within the bloodstream THC reacts with receptors in the brain to cause sedation and mild euphoria in low doses, or in high doses, hallucinogenic effects and euphoria. Motor impairment has also been noted up to 24 hours after use in some cases. Over time, marijuana has changed quite a bit. Marijuana is no longer only smoked. There are new forms of ingestion like e-cigarettes or vaping devices that contain THC edible forms of THC that can even be in things like tea, and also much more concentrated, pure forms of THC
1: that can be smoked. Marijuana has evolved and it is still changing. Uh, Marijuana is a very complicated uh, topic because you have a lot of products on the market that are marijuana or marijuana derivative. So it's a much more potent drug than it used to be. About 52% of Americans have at least tried marijuana. And because of that, we tend to base our experiences off of what we tried. So if we tried it in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, we're not trying what's out there now. Uh, The potency, to give you an example, in the 60s, uh, you'd be lucky to get one to 3%. What we've seen is really this exponential rise in the level, could be 42% THC, uh, states like Iowa uh, that it's illegal we're finding 15 to 20 percent though I will say now that we're bordering some legal states I wouldn't be surprised if that bumps up. There are strains out there that acts uh, very much like a stimulant and you could have someone um, that displays uh, you know, sort of this manic energy and symptoms that wouldn't be too dissimilar to someone uh, uh, on say methamphetamine in some cases. And then you have other strains that are meant as uh, more of depressants or as they would call it, downer. CBD
0: is a marijuana byproduct and is the second most prevalent active ingredient in marijuana next to THC. Unlike THC, there's no high associated with it and the chemical shows no signs of abuse or dependency potential. It is used to treat anxiety, insomnia, and chronic pain in some cases, with side effects of nausea, fatigue, and irritability. The rapid growth of CBD has also created inconsistency with its regulation, meaning that levels of CBD may not be consistent between providers, with even THC being present in some cases. This should decrease as government regulation expands, but it's important to be aware of. CBD's status as a marijuana byproduct has also created a discrepancy
1: between states on its legal status. States like Iowa and many, many other states have legal CBD programs where if you go to a physician and they um, certify that you have a certain condition, then you are allowed to obtain CBD which has pretty low levels of THC. So for instance here, it's uh, tapped at capped uh, at uh, 3%. If you have post-accident, and someone tests positive for marijuana and you do like a urine analysis you do a hair sample that doesn't necessarily mean much because that could have been in their system for 30 days even in the case of a hair sample quite a bit past that so you're going to want to look at other alternative methods of testing saliva is a possibility blood's a possibility but really the technology isn't where it's at with alcohol where you could say yes not only is in their system but it's in their system to an extent that we would expect Uh, it to cause impairment, and that's gonna be the real tricky component.
0: It's important to note that it is possible, but unlikely for someone in the CBD program to fail a urinary test. For that reason, the most reliable test is a blood test. That may, however, be cost prohibitive. Under U.S. federal law, marijuana is illegal, and there are many states where it is fully illegal, but some states have chosen to change that distinction. States like Iowa have CBD programs. Many states have medical cannabis programs, and at the time of recording this, there are 11 states where it is fully legal. Medical marijuana implements cannabis as a form of counteracting things like anxiety, inflammation, nausea, and generally helping to relax. Dr. Brian Kasky from the University of Iowa is a professor of health management and policy. We asked him about the experiences he had seen involving marijuana.
2: Um, Probably the most revealing interview I had was with an older adult who... Identified himself as a Marine veteran. He was a sergeant in uh, Vietnam. He used to bust people for using drugs all the time. He had a very negative attitude towards it. But as the tremors associated with his MS persisted, he, he couldn't hold a cup of coffee anymore. And this was becoming a, not only a quality of life issue, but a functional issue. And he was down to his last straw. And somebody said, Well, why don't you try cannabis? And as he's telling me this in his interview, He's holding a cup of coffee. And I just, what's sad about him? He goes, that's the cannabis. And so you see something like that, and, and then you start to think a little, you have to, again, if we're scientists, if we're truly, you know, here to advance knowledge, you have to remain open.
0: Medical marijuana does not have a scientific consensus. However, it is becoming more relevant medically, culturally, and legally. But there are questions that are yet to be answered. Questions like... Is my insurance provider allowed to increase my rates if I allow my employees to legally use marijuana? Does medical marijuana make someone an ADA-protected class? Illinois is legal now, but how should that affect my workplace policy? It can impact insurance in a lot of different ways. When speaking about employers. It could increase their rates. They could be denied coverage altogether. Um, We don't yet know what the fallout is going to be for that, Um, but they have a lot more rights and limitations to limit what is provided because the statutes that would otherwise govern those types of relationships don't exist yet.
1: So many states have medical uh, marijuana programs and it really varies on the state on whether or not that's gonna make them Uh, sort of a protected class, if you will. Because it's still federally illegal, there have been some court cases that have said, yeah, if, if you outright prohibit marijuana and someone has a medical marijuana card for our state program, that's gonna be discriminatory. The employer has to look at, are they in a safety sensitive position? The other caveat is if you're an employer that does business with the federal government and you have contracts with the federal government, it's still federally illegal, so, Uh, Generally speaking, you'd be well within your rights to to test for that.
2: Most lawyers not only um, advise their clients in this manner to be risk averse, most companies and and, and lawyers will be risk intolerant, which means um, they'll say things well. You don't wanna be the first company to get in a a case over this. So they default to a more conservative position and they'll say, we're just not gonna let people with uh, cannabis program participation, qualification, work for us because the workplace drug policy comes first. They see that as subordinate because it's federal. There's a rush to get the law passed. This has not been vetted. And that's one of the problems with the way that this has come, to, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Illinois, it's legal. Okay, there's a lot of other things that it affects, and we're going to have to find that out because they haven't done the homework. The legislature has not done the homework to basically address those issues.
0: When beginning to think about a new workplace drug policy, every company should be contacting their lawyers and asking questions about what their new policy should be. No state laws by either asking lawyers about them or by searching your state legislature's database online. Other sites like the nsc.org are helpful to research more about marijuana's effects. The more time put into research about the law or the drug, the higher quality of policy. A topic covered in our next episode of Workplace Matters on marijuana policy. Workplace Matters is supported by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. To listen to more podcasts, view our ongoing video series, Or for more information about us, visit healthierworkforcecenter.org. Thank you.